welcome to everyone, especially to our guests today. If you're a guest, we are thrilled to have you in service with us. If it's your first or your second time, we welcome, we invite you to stop by our welcome area in the back. A small token of appreciation to give you for being here today. Again, if it's your first time ever in an apostolic service, and uh, if the thought has crossed your mind, if I get out of here, okay, I will never be back. I'm sad to tell you, you are one of thousands that made that had that same thought, many of which are sitting around you acting the craziest today. Praise God. Amen. So we welcome you. If you're a guest watching today, we welcome you wherever you are. Pray this service blesses you today in Jesus name. 1 Kings chapter 17. I want to read several verses, maybe a little bit more than normal in the beginning here, but if you will bear with me. First Kings 17 and starting with verse number 1. And Elijah the Tishbite was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That's, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? The man stands there and says, Based on what I'm telling you right now, it is not going to rain. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up and because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow, a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose, notice this isn't my message, but somebody needs to know God already has your provision worked out. You just got to get there. Sometimes getting there is just the patience of time going by until God's appointed time. Sometimes the getting there is you're in the wrong place. But if you'll get there, God's got it there. What verse was that? Ten. (laughs) So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. You also can't predetermine how God's going to answer. 
Because you may miss what God's plan is because of your preconceived ideas. These are all free. This isn't even the message. He said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it, for me and my son that we may eat it and die my goodness what an outlook for the future right and Elijah said unto her oh woman I am so sorry for your condition go ahead and do what you were going to do I'll go someplace else If Elijah was alive today and this story got out, he would be all over social media, all over the news for being such a horrible, uncaring person. It's pretty amazing. Oh my. Pretty amazing how much preachers today are so involved in trying to change the social aspects of the world. Elijah says, you know what? Go ahead and take care of me first. Because I better I gotta stop. I gotta I gotta <laughs> Where am I? He said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou said. Go ahead and make that cake. But instead of feeding your son, you and your son, I want you to bring it to me. And after, and after, make for thee and for thy son. She said, I got just enough to make one cake for my son and I. We're going to eat it and die. I, I guess maybe he didn't hear her. Because he said, make that cake for me. But after you make it. Go ahead and make one for you and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she and he and her house did eat many days. Hold on a second. I got enough for my son and I to eat and die. You fix for me first, then go make for your son and you. And But not only did she go make for her and her son, she made for her whole house. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake 
by Elijah. God, I know that your presence is in this place today. I know it, God, because I have felt it, but I also don't have to feel it to know that it's here. So I thank you for being here, and I believe you have already ministered in this place. I have seen lives that have already been touched by your Spirit. But I pray now that through your Word, you would continue to minister. I pray, God, that you would speak to some hearts and lives in this place today. God, there's not one of us here today by accident, by coincidence. You have brought every one of us to this service for your divine plan and your divine purpose. I pray right now, God, that there would be faith released in every heart to hear, to receive your word, that it might benefit each life in this place today. Father, I trust you today. I depend upon you for your anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I believe it was Friday that I felt during one of the sessions, I'm not sure if something was mentioned or if it was just what the Lord quickened, but this story came to mind and I tapped in a couple of notes in my phone, but I really thought I was going a different direction this morning. But early this morning, way before I was awake, and don't get too impressed because after it happened, I went back to sleep for a little while. But around 5.30, and I, I guess this if you need a title, if you want a title, here's my title. Around 5.30 this morning, this statement dropped into my spirit. Quantity is determined by ownership. Quantity is determined by ownership. I thought I'd get a little better response. I thought that was pretty, maybe that's just so deep and profound, you're just waiting. (laughs) What that means is, if the widow woman would have retained ownership, she had a set amount. As long as she kept it, it was finite. But when she gave up ownership, what was just enough for one meal, eat it and die, became enough to sustain her, her son, and her house until the famine was over. I am preaching to some people today, you have come in with just enough meal and just enough oil for one more cake and the future does not look very good. But if you would make up your mind today, I am going to give up ownership of what seems to be so small and insignificant and I'm going to release it to God, you will find out what you thought was finite and a very small amount has an unending supply. Where'd Brother Vernell go? He's probably in the office counting money. He, he, I slipped in today. He didn't even know I had a object lesson. He's always checking on me. There he is. I got by you today. You didn't even know I had an object lesson. You didn't see it. I snuck in. I got some, I, I am 
holding in my hand some power. I know, I know not a lot of power. I, I, we, 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 so many of you have heard we bought a house. It was built in the 50s. We moved in last week. Uh, was our first uh, couple of nights there, and then we went to Worcester. And uh, excuse me, it's not Worcester. We we have we've learned better. It's Worcester. There's no R. It's Worcester. So for all of the Worcestershire sauce help in pronunciation, that's totally wrong. It's more like W O O S T A. There you go, Worcester. And and you know what I am I am I'm I think you could say I'm pretty much a I I I can compete with most as as the classic Harry the homeowner. I've 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 tried it all. I I, I added to my resume a week or two ago, changing out a toilet. So I I, I mean I I've I, I've I've built stuff. I've done tile. I've changed out lights. I've I've. I've laid wood flooring, I've built beds, I've built a table, I, I built our t- current table that's now being painted. If you need a table, let me know. If I get fired here, I may be going in the furniture business, so <laughs> I, do, I, I, I do it all. But one thing I, I don't like, Brother Vernon, I don't like electricity. I just, I just don't like electricity. I don't mind trying, but electricity and I just... I've gotten fairly comfortable changing out a light fixture. But you know what? We, we got some switches and some outlets. They all were old and different colors and whatever. So we changed them all out. And a couple of the brethren have been helping some. But there, there was one. And I just, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give it a try. And once again, I was reminded why I do not like fooling with electricity. It started okay. I got a little. I got. I, I got enough into it, but suddenly I did it. My word, I was done. I'm done. I don't know when the next time I'll try light switches again. Right now, I'm done. I, I, I'm not saying I got enough power to power the world, but I do have some power. I've got, you know, if you maybe a little remote control car or some, some, uh, some, you know, some uh, uh, remotes or, you know, there's a lot of things that use AA batteries. So I have some power, but I have a set amount of power. There's only so much power. There's only so long that this is going to power something. I can accomplish some things with this. But at some point, it's going to run out. It's just the way it works. That's what happens. However, if I get hooked up, and I get plugged in, what I could have operated for a finite amount of time, 
as long as I'm hooked up to the source, as long as I'm connected to the source of the power, there is no limit to how long I can do what I need to do. Can I tell you, there may be an energy crisis that is in this world or comes to this world, but I'm going to tell you today, there's one person that doesn't have an energy crisis. There is no shortage of power. There is no diminishing of ability. There is no limiting of what he can do. So you can hang on to what you've got that is a finite amount, or you can get plugged into the source. And rather than having a finite quantity, you can never have an unlimited supply. Here's, here's our problem though. Can you imagine? Can you imagine in that moment? There's a few of you ladies in this place. Elijah was a better man, or a, he was more of a man than me. Because there's a few of you, I'd be scared to death to say, hey, fix me something to eat. And then you said, all I got's enough for my child and myself. We're going to eat it and die. I'd be scared to death. <laughs> to say, you know what? Fix that for me first. <laughs> I, I think I'd probably be in the hospital at the very least. Maybe six feet under. Because there's something that would rise up inside of you. I said, this is for my baby and me. You ain't going to touch it. But the man of God said, make it. But when you make it, give it to me. I, I don't know how, I don't know how long it took for her to process it. But surely there was at least a moment that she had to think, I got enough for my baby and I to eat and then die. And he's telling me to give it to him. What should I do? Because what if? This is where some of you are today. What if? I really do give it. What if I really let go of it? Will he really come through? If I put him first, if I release ownership, will he really come through or will he let me down? And she had to ultimately decide to take the risk to listen to the man of God and just see what would happen. And the Bible says that she goes back. I, I don't. I don't. I wonder. What, I, I can. I, let me just. I sort of imagine it. I, I was going to say. I, I, I don't know what I was going to say, but I'm going to say this. I can sort of imagine her going back to that barrel of meal and and sort of. Reaching over to the lid. And very slowly. Taking a peek. Inside. Because just a little while ago. She cleared it out. And then. 
getting that lid open enough to go, oh, there's something in there. So she gets that out. And then going over to the cruise, of maybe she got that cruise of oil, and with that, she just went like this. She didn't even look, she just listened. And next thing you know, something starts flowing. And there's enough for another cake. There's enough for another meal. There's enough for her son and her to eat. And not die. And the next day, she goes back. I kind of imagine that there was several days that went by that every time she went to that barrel and that cruise, that her heart began to race. Her pulse went crazy, wondering. Is this the last day? Was yesterday the last day? And she opens it again and she pours it again and there's another cake. And I, I kind of think that there came a point in time, I don't know how long it took, but I kind of think there came a point in time where there was no more anxiety. There was no more fear. There was no more worry. There was no more wondering. She just walked to that barrel pulled the lid off, reached down and got what she needed, got the cruise of oil and began to pour because she had taken what she had that was limited and released it to the one who has all power, all ability, all that is needed to be able to do what is needed in your life and my life. There's something here that you need to see, but I'll use something else to give you a second witness, if you will, to show you my point. Exodus chapter 16 and verse number 1. The children of Israel had left Egypt. They are now on their way to the promised land. They, they haven't yet reached the point that they've gotten God frustrated, angry. They're still on the initial journey to the promised land. And they get out there, three million plus people, men, women, children, old, young, healthy, unhealthy, gather carrying possessions, wandering now, or not wandering yet, excuse me, they weren't wandering yet, but on the journey to the promised land, except there's... Slight problem, there's no Safeway, there's no Shoppers, there's no Sam's, there's no BJ's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing. And Exodus 16 and 1 says, They took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven, and the people shall go out 
and gather, here, 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 listen to this, a certain rate every day. A certain rate every day. That I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Meaning, six, five days you go out and you get just enough for today. She went back to the barrel and the cruise And there was just enough for the day. On the sixth day, before the Sabbath day, you gather enough for today and for tomorrow. But other than that, you only get enough for the day. And if you get more than you need for the day, if you decide, oh, Jesus... If you decide, you know what, I I just don't know that I can trust you with tomorrow. I know you provided for me today. Oh, I wish I had a preaching church on Sunday morning. I know you took care of me today, but I just don't know if you're going to come back tomorrow. So I'm just going to get just a little bit extra just in case. Somebody needs to get rid of your reserve today. Because whatever ended up being held on to, rotted. You ever, you know, you ever had something you got to eat? Maybe, you know, you got some both so good and there was extra and you got leftovers and you took it home and you stuck it in the fridge and then a couple days later you pulled it out. We ran up yesterday to Chipotle in between the uh, der- or for the lunch break of the Go Conference, and 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 uh, Esther got a bag of stuff, or she had some stuff left over, and she put it in a bag and put it in the car. And I got in the car last night to come up for prayer. You walk into Chipotle and everything's fresh and being cooked. That's you know that's not bad. Open that car door, what's been sitting there all day, I'm refrigerated. It just ain't the same. You get enough for today. Don't try to hoard it for tomorrow. I know we don't have any, any here today, but I think some folks are spiritual hoarders. I'm going to get every blessing I can and keep it in case I need it. The way to guarantee you get what you need is not to be a finite source of power. But the way you guarantee to get all that you need and have your needs supplied is to become hooked up to the source and become a conduit for God to flow through you to give somebody else what they need. And as He flows through you, I said it while I, I said it earlier. I've been a lot of awesome places. I would say 90% of those places that I have been, particularly overseas, 
I was there first for ministry. The byproduct was the sightseeing. I know God's not going to take all of you overseas, whatever, but my point is there is a principle that if you stay connected and allow Him to flow through you, there is benefit that comes to you while He's flowing through you to someone else. Verse 35, And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. Every single day for three hundred or for forty years, three hundred and sixty-five days a year, God provided them what they needed. The problem is too many of us, and especially us Americans, we don't want enough for today. We want today and tomorrow and next month and next year. We want it all now. And you know what? God has the ability to give you everything you will ever need right now. He could open up the windows of heaven and provide every single thing you would need for the future right now in one single moment. But He doesn't. And one of the reasons he doesn't is the same thing he said to the children of Israel. I am concerned that when you get into the land I have promised you and everything is great and you're living in houses you didn't build and you're, you're reaping from vineyards that you didn't plant, that in that moment you will forget me. Some of y'all say, folks, today, the reason you got saved is because life had gotten so bad you had no other alternative and you decided, I'll try Jesus. You know what? God is really so good. I mean, can you imagine if 27 years or so ago I would have said, um, I, 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 you know, I've, I've dated a bunch of other girls and I've tried to get engaged and they all have turned me down. It didn't work out, so I, you know, I'd like to try you. I am, I am this, I'm going to post this at some point. Some of y'all are blessed to not be on social media, but I am so glad that I got engaged, got married, had children, found out that I was having a child, found out what the child was, had the child prior to social media. Dear God, everything is a production. I saw these pictures, these people, they just found out, they just found out they're having a baby. And there's this photo shoot. Like, what in the world? Thank you, Jesus. Hey, guys, guess what? We're having one. A couple months later, guess what? We're having another one. <laughs> A couple months after that. I mean, that's, that's the other problem is, you know what? All, and all the babies, come on, all you babies, you all, y'all all got the same story. Ain't no pictures of me. I feel sorry for kids now. I mean, at least all of our photo albums are tucked away 
and and uh, and Timothy and Nathaniel don't really know that there's not as much. I, I sorted pictures a couple of years ago. I mean, real photos that got printed. I don't, you know, now everything's digital. I was, I mean, I, I had these nice little boxes and everything fit, you know, and 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 Esther down each had like you know, half, three quarters of a box. Elizabeth. I mean, I, 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 I got, I, I got a, I got a ring. I bought the ring on a Thursday. I had no clue. I mean, I, I didn't have any ideas from Pinterest. It wasn't. I didn't, I, I didn't know I needed a photographer and a videographer and, 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 and all my family hiding off to the side. I didn't know that. I didn't know. We came to church that night. I had bought the ring. I didn't even, I mean, thank God. I didn't have to worry about what ring she wanted because, I mean, she hadn't, you know, there was no board with all kind of pics of the engagement ring. And y'all don't understand, some of y'all don't understand that. You're blessed. Those of you that do, you need to get off all that mess. Just get off of it. (laughs) I'm sitting there in church, man, and it wasn't in my, it wasn't, physically in my pocket it was in the car but that ring was burning a hole in my pocket so you know what we got in the car after church we went downtown annapolis hopped on a water taxi and i just said about halfway through the ride hey will you marry me And then all of a sudden, the whole city dock lit up with the lights of no. My word, dear God. I just, I, I, anyway, I, I'd feel so much better now. I got that, got that off my chest. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, if I, w- I mean, sitting, on, sitting there on that water taxi, if I'd have said, you know, hey, listen, I, I've, I've tried a bunch of others. So I just, I guess I'll try you. I got a feeling the captain of that boat would have been throwing a life preserver over the side. (laughs) Man overboard! Aren't you glad that when you showed up to church, and maybe you didn't literally say it, but in essence what you were saying was, well, Jesus, tried everything. I'm a mess. My life's a mess. So I guess I'll give you a turn. Aren't you glad? I know not all of you did that, but some of you, that's pretty much what you did. I'm so desperate. If I don't get help, I don't know what's going to happen. So let me try you, Jesus. And he was just sitting there. Finally, I've been waiting on this moment. And instead of brushing you away, he welcomed you with open arms. There, there, there is this desire. You know what? I'm, I, I want you to just provide it all in advance, Jesus. Because I'm going to try you the first time, but I don't know if I want to come back again and again. But what he does is, For most of us, he gives us just enough to get through today. Because in his kindness and love for us, he knows if I give you too much, you're gone. 
So I'll give you just enough for today. But if you'll come back tomorrow, I'm going to be waiting again for you tomorrow with just enough for another day. So I know some of you want to pull up your U-Haul truck today and load up all the blessings that will get you through this week. And it may not happen. In fact, it probably won't happen. But if you let go of what you have and give up ownership to Him, you don't need a U-Haul truck because when you get up tomorrow, there's going to be a mercy and grace for tomorrow. There's going to be provision for tomorrow. There's going to be a supply for tomorrow. What you hold on to may be limited, but what you release to Him becomes unlimited. Psalms 37 and verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I, if you got a King James Bible open or if you got a printed Bible open, you will notice that the word good is in italics. So that means it's not actually there in the original. So if you think I'm not good or you're not good, there's not some kind of measurement you've got to live up to. He says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Now, I got to tell you, I think I've I've heard this verse for years, but I, I think I've always thought that last part was I delight in his way. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying the Lord delights in the way, in the steps of the good man. The Living Bible says it this way, the steps of good men are directed by the Lord. He, the Lord, delights in each step they take. The New Living Translation, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, His delight, He delights in every detail of their lives. He delights in every detail of their lives. He delights in every detail. I think I could relate that part of that, part of the principle there in this way. Is it really 20 till 12? Oh my goodness. We may be going overtime today. I'm not quite done. <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of think maybe I could relate it a little bit like this: that, that, that young kid that got up here and sang that second song. That's my son. You want to talk about delight, joy. That girl that's saying during offering, that's my daughter. I wasn't, I know I got up here and stepped all over his song and didn't do it near as good as he did it, but there was much more joy standing here watching them than it was me doing it myself. I really wish somebody today would leave this place and truly believe the Lord delights in your ways. That He gets joy from your ways. He gets joy from what you're doing and what's going on in your life. Verse 
Though he fall, verse 24, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Here it is. I, I'm going to paraphrase this since I'm reading it. I have been young and now I'm older. The psalmist said, I have been young and now I am old. I've had a lot of life. I've got a lot of years behind me. I've seen a lot of things go on. I was young and now I'm old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. There may not have always been an abundance. There may not have always been a storehouse of provision in advance. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen him neglected. I've never seen him having to beg beg for bread. Because there was an infinite supply that the righteous was hooked up to. And there was always enough. Oh, hallelujah. Whether you're a guest or you're a faithful member here today, I've come today or more so I hope the Holy Ghost has come today to challenge some of you to stop looking at the quantity of what you have when it's in your hand, but to start to look at the quantity of what it becomes when you put it in His hand. Because what may be just enough for you if you will change the ownership of what you have can become more than enough. Enough. She went from one cake for one meal to eat it and die to having enough to get her through an entire famine. Little boy leaves home one day, heading out the door, his mom says, Here's your lunch. Just just five little pieces of bread and two small fish. The King James says five loaves. 2018, a loaf of bread to us is fairly large. It's not what it was. He wasn't carrying around five loaves of bread. He had five little rolls. And the scripture is very clear to say, two small fishes. Two small fishes. And he finds himself in this crowd of thousands of people. The absolute minimum was 5,000 people in that crowd. And there's a group of men in that crowd that were the disciples of Jesus. And they come to Him and they say, Lord, these people are hungry. We have no way to feed them. We don't have the resources to get them what they need. Send them home.
And he asks this question. What do you have? We spend so much time telling God what we don't have. I don't have the ability to do what Jalen's doing right now. I I don't have the ability to do that. Or I don't have the ability to do this. I, I don't have all of that. And God's question to you is not tell me what you don't have. I just want to know what you do have. You say, Lord, there's a there's a boy here who's got lunch, and that's it. He said, bring me what you have. Bring me what you have. And they brought that lunch. They brought those five rolls and two small fishes to Jesus. The Bible says he begins to bless them and break them. And the disciples began to pass out that food to 5,000 plus people. I've heard it said that there could have been as easily as, there could have been as much as 20,000 people there. Because the 5,000 is just the men. And, and they feed, they pass out the food. And the scripture is very clear. They didn't just get a snack. Some of you parents are going to go pick kids up after Sunday school. I think they probably got a snack in Sunday school. And more than likely, some of them are going to say, Mom, I'm hungry. Because they got a snack. Jesus could have given them a snack to hold them over to dinner. But the Bible says they ate until they were full. And... Not only did they eat until they were full, when they got done feeding everybody and they got full, they had to go around and pick up leftovers. Five pieces of bread and two small fishes got hooked up to the source of power. And what seemed to be so small and finite began to flow and became more than enough. There are some people in this place today that God's desire for your life is for you to take what you have that seems so small and insignificant And rather than you hanging on to it for yourself, say, Lord, it's really not much. But here it is. It's an old song that says, Little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. What do you have today? What are you hanging on to today because it's just enough for you and 
doesn't seem like anything significant or more can be done with it than you just hang on for yourself. That God is saying, if you will just give me ownership, if you will just let me take control, what seems to be limited, I can make into an unlimited supply with enough to do whatever is needed. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes right where you are for a moment? I believe there's people in this place today that your outlook for your future is fairly bleak because you are looking at what you have You are looking at what you possess and it seems to be so small and insignificant. But God is asking you today, will you just let me have it and give me some time to show you what I can do with what seems to be so small. Father, I pray right now that by Your grace You would empower people in this sanctuary today to take what they have and release it to You. To give up ownership of it and to allow You to take over let you show what you're able to do. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's somebody sitting here say, well, you, you don't understand, Brother Right? I don't even have, I don't even have meal and oil for a cake. My life's so messed up. Things are so bad, I don't even have that. But let me tell you what the prophet Isaiah says. What the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah says, I will give you beauty for your ashes. I'll give you the oil of joy for your mourning. I'll give you a garment of praise for your heaviness. So whether you, what you have seems so small and insignificant that you don't think much can be done with it, or maybe what you have is so damaged and so messed up you don't see any value in it, either way, he says to you, just give me what you have. wonder if there's anybody this morning, if you're a guest, I know this probably would be a little bit uncomfortable for you. want to do it, you're willing to do it, that's fine. You can do it right where you are, but I also think beyond our guests today, there's there's some folks that need to respond to the Lord this morning. I wonder if there's somebody today that you've been hanging on to ownership of what you have, but you'd be willing to say, Lord, here it is. It seems small and doesn't seem like it's very much, but if you'll take it and do something with it, I will give up ownership today. If that's you, you'd be willing to do that. Would you get up out of your seat?
Make your way down to the, uh, this altar as a demonstration, as a way of saying, God, I may just have enough meal and enough oil for one more cake, and it sure doesn't seem like much. But if you can take what I have, do something with it beyond this moment, beyond this offering, then I'm willing to give it to you. In the name of Jesus, if you don't need to respond for yourself right now, would you please be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of the Lord? In the name of Jesus, there may not be an abundance. No, it may not be a surplus. You may not go to that barrel and that cruise and the meal be overflowing and the oil be overflowing there there may not be an abundance but there will be enough there will always be enough the supply will never run out the source will never dry up in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus withholding nothing in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Church, I need some help. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Withholding nothing, Lord. Withholding nothing, Lord. Not holding on to what I have because it seems to be so small, so insignificant. God, I'm going to give it. I'm not going to hoard it for myself because I, I'm worried that I got to take care of me. I'm not going to lay hold of it for myself, God, but I'm willing. I'm willing to release it to you and see what it is that you might be able to do with what I have, even though what I have seems so small. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, Lord, withholding nothing, not holding on to anything, not holding anything back, God, withholding nothing, give it all. It all to you, I give you all of me. I give it all to you, Lord. I give I it all give to you, Lord. All of me, all of me. All of me. It seems so small. It seems very insignificant. But I trust I that when I place it in your hands, when I turn I over ownership of it to you. It becomes enough. And there will always be enough. I trust you today, Father. I trust you today, Father. I don't want to hold on to my finite supply. I don't want to hold on to what I have and just keep it for myself and it run out. But I want to release it to you. I want to give it to you, God. King Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
God, I come against every lie of the enemy that tries to tell people in this place that they are so insignificant because what they have to offer seems so small. I come against that lie today, God. That's all you're asking for is what we have because you make up the difference. You make up where we lack. You provide where we have a shortage. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient, God. Hallelujah. 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 I give you the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to go. You're welcome to do so. Be mindful of those that are still praying. Be mindful of those that the Lord is still ministering to. I give you all, Jesus. I may just have five. I give you all of me. Five rolls and two small fishes. That may be all I have, but I'll give you that. I'll release it to you. For you to do what you're able to do. Connect me to the source of infinite supply. Connect me to the source of infinite provision. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I give you all. I give you all, God. It may not seem like much compared to others. It may not seem like much compared to what others can give, but you're not asking me to give what somebody else can give. You're just asking of me what I have because you're able to do something with what I have. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.